Hey there, e-commerce enthusiasts. Let me tell you about a game changer in shipping, ShipStation. It's the ultimate platform for simplifying your shipping process. With ShipStation, you can easily import, manage, and ship your orders in no time. It integrates seamlessly with your favorite e-commerce platforms and carriers, ensuring a smooth workflow. Gain valuable insights with their powerful analytics and reporting tools. Say goodbye to shipping headaches. Visit stigmasandopenwounds.com slash ship and level up your shipping game today. Hey everyone, welcome to a new Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. All right, so I'm really excited to uh, to announce that we have a guest who is joining us once again. We have Jess Hastley, who is from a podcast who you may or may not have uh, listened to, but after this podcast, I can guarantee that you're going to want to listen to. It's called... Um, Oh my God, the meditation well. Wow, that is horrible. I just go to it every night, you know, I don't always. So Jess, why don't you say hey right now? Hi. <laughs> so uh, so she's going to talk to us a little bit today about some mindfulness and, and all that, that good stuff. Because Eric and I have been getting into mindfulness quite a bit lately. And we've been listening to this, this uh, meditation pretty much every night, honestly, uh, it's the, our go-to. So uh, we're like, why not have Jess on again and talk to us a little bit about mindfulness and, and uh, you know, how she's gotten her start and gotten into it. And hopefully you guys can kind of find your flow through this and kind of figure out how to get your flow in. Because like I've said in the past, I had troubles getting into to my mindfulness flow, getting into uh, to meditation, and I'm finally finally finding my groove, finally getting into to how to meditate for myself. Eric's finally getting there. And you know, it's it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. So so Jess, I don't know, you know, how did you get started into this? What are some ways that that we can all get started? And man, I don't know. How do you wanna how do you wanna start <laughs> us off on this? I don't even know where to go. Um well, <laughs> I know, I know, I'm, I'm, letting it, I'm letting it wide open, man. I was just thinking in my head how Tracy and Eric got their groove back. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think, I think, why don't you start with just because I think that mindfulness is probably not a word that everybody is familiar yeah, with. Yeah, so, that's a so good... Start out right. with just a basic understanding of what are we talking about here. Yeah, yeah. so we'll distinguish the difference between mindfulness and meditation. And how I look at mindfulness, it is an umbrella uh, under which many methods uh, exist to reduce thought activity and redirect focus. Um, nope, that's meditation. <laughs> I'm like, All right, wait, that doesn't again. sound right. That's amazing. <laughs> so, guys, that's meditation. Right. So if that's you want to know, meditation. So, there's lots of there's many many methods to do meditation, and that is a um, a type of practice that can help reduce thought activity and redirect focus. Mindfulness is just noticing what is without attaching any value to what is. Perfect. So we're not saying that this is good or bad. We're simply right. noticing, oh, this is 
this is here, this exists. And it helps you to bring you into the present moment because oftentimes Mm -hmm. our mind is is either thinking of the past or we're planning for the future Mm -hmm. and it's very very it can be very difficult for us to stay present that's great that's a really good way to put it and just kind of kind of say you know what this is just what it is and and I think we are always just trying to like you said put a value on it and just trying to judge things really and that's mm-hmm. what Eric and I are always saying don't judge it just say just just look at it and that's really what it is so like what that. would the values be of staying in the present as opposed to thinking about the past and the future yes so a lot of times if we're thinking about so our brains have a negative bias if we're thinking about the past, oftentimes, sometimes we think, hopefully, sometimes we're thinking about, oh, that what a lovely time that was, right? right? Um, if we're thinking about the past, sometimes, though, oftentimes, we're thinking about something negative that has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, in thinking about the future, we may be having some anxiety or mm-hmm. um, uncertainty over, oh, what's going to happen, right? right. Or if, oh, there's this fear. Um, And that fear comes in either whether we're thinking about the past or the future. However, when we're staying in the present, and especially that taking away that value judgment, taking away the good or bad, when we're staying focused on the present moment, we're able to pause, Mm -hmm. uh, get gain more or increase our ability to accept what is so that we can make better judgments moving forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember when we got married, uh, my I believe it was my psychologist who had told me that I, I really needed to be present in that moment and just to take in the smells and everything. And that was one of the first moments that I that I really remember being in the moment and and I can still remember what Eric smelled like because we had we had done the typical, you know, stay away that night before, even though we were living together and everything. But then when I had seen him that day that we got married, I can still remember what he smelled like and everything because I was doing a really good job of taking in those moments and not mm-hmm. putting on a value of, you know, well, I, I remembered. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. I, hope obviously, I hope it wasn't a bad obviously, smell. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was a very good smell. It was like, it was like what you smelled like when I first met you kind of. So it was just, it was just like, oh, this is my Eric kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, and obviously, theoretically, I could attach a value of this is good, but it wasn't anything of like, this is the past. This is a, the, the future, it was, I'm in the moment now. And, and I think we, we really do need to practice that more because I can still remember that moment. And I think if we do that more, we can remember those special moments like that. I love and, that. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And it sounds like it's a probably quite a stress reliever. Because you're not so you're yes. not so panicky about yeah. what is happening, what could happen in this moment because of experience you've had in the past, as well as you're also not panicking about, oh my God, if I do this, what's going to happen in the future? It's right. Because what does that panic that do? Right then and there. Exactly. Um, one of the first papers that was published was published in 1982 by John Kabat-Zinn, who is kind of known as the, the father of modern mindfulness. And he wrote about how 
doing these mindfulness practices. And in fact, there's a there's a entire eight week program that he has put together mindfulness based, um, mindfulness based, uh, MBSR. (laughs) Uh, you can just look it up. Yeah, yeah. As long as you know the letters sometimes. <laughs> um, but he has uh, put together an eight-week program that out that brings people into the practice of mindfulness. Okay. And in this paper, he noted how there was a reduction in chronic pain oh, in cool. a lot of the um, people that, in a majority of the people that, yes, thank you, mindfulness-based <laughs> so- stress reduction. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, We're talking about stress reduction. <laughs> mindfulness-based stress reduction. Um, so he was the first one to extrapolate the science from mindfulness, because mindfulness actually originates in Vipassana practices in Buddhism. So um, he being interested in that, in those kind of Eastern uh, practices, wanted to look at, well, what does this look like if we bring this into Western Mm -hmm. living? And um, now, since uh, as of 2019, there's been about 1,203 papers written about mindfulness (laughs) so now everybody is is interested in how does this work and yeah and does it work well that's really cool how did you get into this so when i started teaching yoga is how i originally got into that okay um and that was i started teaching in 2016 and I started teaching yoga actually partly because I have often been told about how lovely my voice is when I read. Yeah, um, it is. It's a very lovely voice, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> <It's very> true. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I, um, you know, if I whether I was performing a poetry reading or if I was at a Bible study reading uh, passages. Uh, Oftentimes, people would say, oh, my gosh, you just have such a great reading voice. (laughs) And so I was like, well, what can I what can I do with that? So I originally did volunteer with a hospice group, because one of the things that you can do when you're helping people through their final days is read to them. Right. right. So um, I did that for a little over a year. And then I. got into practicing yoga in an in-person studio because before that I was mm-hmm. just practicing um, mostly to videos. Yep, at, like at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I started practicing in studio. I loved it and immediately signed up for my first teacher oh, that's uh, really yoga cool. teacher training. And so through the practice of yoga, of course, there is meditation in all of that and as I did some of my own self-study looking at well what what is helpful for the body what is helpful Mm -hmm. for the brain mindfulness of course with the 1203 papers out there (laughs) mindfulness came up a number of times so um, I started practicing listening to others guided practices and then also uh sharing that practice with my students yeah 
Yeah, and you do have the perfect voice for doing mindfulness because it's very soothing. <laughs> so, no, and that it, it seems like it really worked for you. It was like your niche. So, so yeah, I think it's a really great thing for you to to be doing. So, I think you found what works for you. So, I think that's great. And what's beautiful, I think, about mindfulness is that it is very simple. It is yeah. right, like it's not. We can conflate mindfulness with meditation. We can think that, mm-hmm. and even with meditation, we'll we'll get into that. But with mindfulness, it's not just sitting there doing nothing. Right. Um, it can be, but it is about noticing what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's just the little things around you and and kind of being aware, noticing what people do every day, what you do every day. It, it is it is kind of an interesting, interesting thing. And then and like you said, taking it a step further, doing meditation. And I think if you do start practicing mindfulness, the meditation becomes easier. And mm-hmm. that might be why Eric and I are it is easier for us to meditate now because we started really doing the research and starting practicing the mindfulness. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this isn't so hard. So yeah, I think, I think that might be part of what it is. And, and it might just be how you run your life too. So yeah, it is, it is a really interesting, interesting thing. And yeah. Do you feel like you were in a different place in your life too, where where maybe the meditation or the mindfulness became easier, where maybe if you did it earlier in your life, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have fit as easy? Mm, uh, I wish, actually, that I had it earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'll bet, you know what, I'll bet a lot of people would be like, oh, where was this, you know, X See, amount of years and, ago. And I would agree with you, too. And this yeah. is something that we talk about a lot. Like, like if we would realize this, like, 15, 20 years ago, how much better would our lives be? But yeah. then I also look back at myself 15 to 20 years ago and I, I, don't I, do, know. I do look at it and say, would I have been able to understand that? And that's, yes. I think, the big yeah. thing is I don't know if a lot of people would be able to understand or have the discipline to just be, be able to do it. And one of the things I think is really interesting about mindfulness is because it is kind it is not a basic concept, but it is a basic concept because mm-hmm. it's something right. that you're just... Like when you describe it to somebody, they they look at it and say, "Well, you should just do that." Right. But then at the same time, nobody does it. And right. They, nobody. It's like you have to have us at least a small little bit of discipline in your in yourself in your brain to be able to do it. And and it's just like uh, sometimes it, you just can't do it. And ten years ago, I don't know if I would have had that that little increment of discipline in myself. Sure, I did it on the wedding day, but other than that, I don't know if I could have could have, you know, told myself to do that on a regular basis, but now I've grown enough to be able to say on a daily basis I can do this, except for when I'm having a bad day and I just don't want to do anything, which is which we all which, have. Exactly, we all have. We all have days where it's just like I just don't know if I can make it through a meditation today. I don't know. You know, we all have those days where we just want to cuddle in bed and do nothing. So we can't, we can't do that sometimes. But I think we all have those times where we grow and we, our body knows when it's time to do something. And Mm -hmm. I think our body knew that, you know what, we were ready to do mindfulness together now, Eric. Jess, you were ready to do mindfulness when 
when you discovered all of this. Mm -hmm. So I think we make an evolution when we're ready to make an evolution. So whether, you know, whether people listen to this episode and they're like, oh, this works, and they might hit a few stumbling blocks now, and then five years down the line, they're like, you know, that mindfulness thing, I might be able to do that now. So I think we just all have our times where things are right for us i like that so being that this is something i mean that is relatively a simple thing to do but just most people don't do it how do how do you describe to somebody if i come to you and have no idea what mindfulness is how do you describe to me how much this could change my life Ooh. <laughs> you know <laughs> we're both like oh or or do you That's do you just kind of take the con- do you take the concept of that all I can do is lay out what this is, and when a person is ready, that's when. That's, they- yeah, that's generally my approach. Mm-hmm. I run a yoga business, but I never wanted to be a salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sort of how I am too. So often people, when I tell them, hey, I guide yoga, meditation, uh, mindset practices. Oftentimes I'll hear from people, oh, I really got to I really got to get into yoga. <laughs> and my response has been very short uh, mm-hmm. now. It used to be, oh, let me share with you all of this and all of this and all of this. Now I simply say, well, I'm here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because most of the time I don't see those people in class. Right. Um, and it's and it's often, you know, just has to do with timing, right? Like people's yeah. schedules are are busy, you know, whatever whatever the reason is, I don't place any judgment on it. Um and everybody has to do what what fits their mm-hmm. mind and lifestyle. You can give people all the data in the world about how yeah. this helps increase memory, it helps increase focus, it helps increase your ability to reason and make decisions. That There's science behind this. Right. However, we are often driven by our emotions. So mm-hmm. if we're not in an emotional space to be able to do certain practices, we're just not going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that describes me to a T. I'm like, I always go with my gut. And if my gut doesn't, you know, so yeah, I, I go with what feels right at the moment. So that makes complete sense for me. Would make basing a business off the concept though very difficult. But I guess enough people yeah. discover this throughout their lifetime that that you just have to be there when that person discovers it to be the person to help them with it. Pretty much. Yes. So Yeah. And that's the reason why with the Meditation Well podcast, I keep the meditations very short. Partly, mm-hmm. I, I created a, med- a, a podcast that I want would want to listen to, the types yeah. of meditations that I would want to listen to in the length of time. Uh, my schedule can be extraordinarily full. And so I have maybe five minutes, 10 minutes a day to sit quietly. And right. so when I put the meditation well together, I kept in mind, how much time do I have to sit and listen to someone mm-hmm. guide me through mm-hmm. a meditation? Well, and they're actually quite the perfect length too, because I was telling Eric the other day, I said, I tried another podcast just to see you know, if I can get some variety. And I was like, wow, it was a 15 minute podcast. And I just halfway through thought, 
man, my ADD just can't handle it. <laughs> so, so for people like us, that this is a perfect length because I just can't handle a long, long meditation anymore. So it's really a perfect length for some people mm-hmm. too. For one, for a busy day, and two, for for people who just can't sit for too long. Yes. So yeah. you know, I get a really deep podcast or deep meditation in there. However, you also don't have to worry about getting too fidgety. So mm-hmm. it's exactly. really great. Till so. then, you talked about we've we've talked about on this podcast so far. We've talked a lot about mindfulness, but then I've also heard the term meditation and yoga brought into this. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you kind of bring them all together? Well, what do how do yeah. these three things how are they interconnected? So. Mm- Mm, okay. <laughs> Ooh, you're <laughs> Let me think her. about um, the interconnectedness. So in a yoga practice, uh, typically the way that we think about yoga, because there's, of course, many different types of way to practice yoga. Yeah, <laughs> there are. Oh, um, my goodness. But here in the West, we typically think about a body movement practice. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about what is what uh, is the Sanskrit term asana practice, which just means posture. Mm-hmm. So... When we are moving through really any type of exercise, which we now know uh, exercise in general is also very, very helpful for brain function and boosting our mood, endorphins release, all of this. So when we're moving through our yoga practice, there is an emphasis placed on paying attention to the pose that we're in and how our body is feeling in that pose. That is mindfulness without attaching value judgment, right? Like, so we're looking at, I am in a warrior two pose. So my feet are wide uh, apart from each other. Uh, Say you have your yoga mat laid down, one set of feet, one set of feet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My Let's go with right side. So my right toes are facing the short edge of the mat. My left toes are facing the long edge of the mat. And I'm in this wide standing position. My arms are out to a T. So my arms are reaching out shoulder height and I'm looking over my right shoulder. So that is a warrior two. Hopefully that's a good visual for you all (laughs) um, to be able to see that and maybe even move into it. So I'm in my warrior two. I'm noticing my breathing. I'm noticing the tension in my muscles. I'm noticing where muscles feel relaxed. I'm noticing, does my face feel relaxed? I'm noticing the support of the mat beneath my feet, right? You're noticing all of these very in-the-moment things. I'm in Warrior Two, and I'm paying attention to Warrior Two. So that in itself, the practice of yoga is a mindfulness yeah, practice. Makes sense. It is a breathing practice. Yeah. Uh, where meditation comes in is perhaps we're in our warrior two. Um, I would very carefully do this. Maybe you close your eyes. Uh, closing oh, yeah. your eyes can throw off balance. So I would take care <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to do that. Um, but maybe you close your eyes and you imagine that you're reaching for some object or that you're reaching for some goal, right? Then we're getting into uh, imagery meditation or visualization meditation. So you can connect all of these things in 
a in one practice, in one pose, in one very small moment. Cool. So, ba- so basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, what you would say is is that meditation and yoga kind of work as the tools to help you grow the ability to be more mindful in a way. It teaches you how to approach things in a mindful sense. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I would actually suggest to anyone that would have trouble just sitting still, which I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be very difficult just to sit still and close your eyes. And oftentimes we don't want to, we don't want to know what we're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would suggest get doing some kind of movement practice first, uh, because moving your body, mm-hmm. um, really, really, really has a, a positive, effect on the mind. I always say moving the body moves the mind. We get out of rumination of thought. We get out of negative thought patterns. You know, even just like getting up and shaking a little bit. That is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great idea. You know, and it's, it's, I have like yoga cards. And so even Mm. if you just pick a couple, like two, three yoga cards and be like, oh, here, let me do these three yoga moves and then I'll sit back down. So, you know, if you want to do something like that, just so, yeah, an idea, but. And something, something I've learned from the the meditations and stuff we've done, Mm -hmm. which maybe you could talk a little bit about this, but like when you're meditating, some people I think might get frustrated because they feel like, well, in meditation, you're supposed to clear your mind and you're only supposed to be focused on one thing. But right. a lot, one of the Which, things I've learned is that's mm-mm. virtually impossible to do. Yes. Oh, yeah. That it's yeah. not about it's not about completely dumping all that stuff out of your mind and only being focused on one thing. Right. But that you have to train yourself to allow that thought to come into your mind and to move on yeah. with it. Would you yeah, agree with think- that? And is there anything more to add to that? Yes. Um, it is a practice just like anything else. If you're learning how to golf, right? Like you have to oh, learn yeah. how to how to stand and how to swing the club and how to turn the body, mm-hmm. uh, right? You, it, and that all starts with the hips. Now we're getting to golf. <laughs> <laughs> I like golf. <laughs> I never got good at golf. <laughs> Also very mindful, <laughs> oh, mindful yeah. activity. Um, but it, it's just like with anything, it takes time to right. practice. But as far as clearing the mind, it's a reduction in thought activity. Mm-hmm. It's not a completely, we're going to get rid of all of our thoughts. Right. Uh, if you're, If you've gotten rid of all of your thoughts, you're you're not alive. So, <laughs> yes. So well put, those, well put. those people are in the ground. <laughs> um, so That's cute. <laughs> our brain is meant to be thoughtful. We're, we we have right. brain activity for a reason. We're always going to be sensing, feeling. Mm-hmm. What meditation can do and what mindfulness can do is direct our thought to a moment or to an activity or to a a vision of something or to some sensory activity that's happening in Mm -hmm. our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I almost kind of like redirect my thought. I kind of, the the one thing I have to say with, with your 
uh, with your meditation podcast, you make some really nice images. Um, sometimes it's just a breathing one, which is nice because I just focus on the breathing. Sometimes I know one of my favorite ones is you, there was a door in the woods. So I was like Mm -hmm. picturing this beautiful door. I'm like, Oh, my door is so pretty. Um, but it's really nice because I'm not thinking about anything else other than this pretty door in the woods that I made up. Mm. And, but that's my meditation at that point, you know, I'm making up this door and then suddenly I'm just in this woods and I'm elsewhere. And that's just, I'm somewhere else. And I think sometimes that's just really nice. If you're somewhere in a crowded place and you don't want to be there, picture this door in the woods. And I think that's, that's great. You know, I'll do that from now on, something like that. So now I think the golden question in the, in the, in here is, is that you got a whole pile of books in front of you. Yes. And, and now I want to, want to tell you that over since, since discovering this, so we've been kind of been on this journey for like maybe six months or something like that. So this is very new to me and Tracy. And so I've looked for books upon books for about mindfulness and I read and I strike out on every one of them. So so the first thing I want to do is I want to take a picture of all these books so I can read them. But just tell us <laughs> about like, 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 yes. yeah. Like, so um, breathing is one. It's probably one of the easiest ways to um, get into a mindfulness practice, right? Mm-hmm. You can pay attention to how you're breathing. Yes. And so I have James Nestor's breath, and he talks about the science of breathing. Uh, the the major takeaways from this book are. It's very important for us to be to breathe in and out through the nose. So we have the mm-hmm. cilia in the nose that filter out junk in the air, um, breathing in and out through the nose. We warm the lungs. It gives us a we're we're building our breath capacity. So he has in here different breathing exercises, and he also has those breathing exercises. On his website. Awesome. So this is Breath, the oh, New Science of a Lost I have art. the second book and it's on my, my to-do reading list. Ah. Oh, really? Yeah, because nice. it's it's talking about the pain that your body carries with you. Yeah. That from like mental capacity. And then because you're, you're hurt inside, you're hurting like your body hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, so the beautiful thing about this book, and this is The Body Keeps the Score. I, I think many, many people, anyone who... Uh, is interested in in yoga, meditation, trauma work, Mm -hmm. um, probably knows this book. The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. And this is Bessel van der Kolk, and he talks about innovations and interventions in medicine. Because for a time, uh, once we developed pills to solve our problems... Solve our problems. Yeah, exactly. Air quotes going on. Um, <laughs> exactly. Once we, de- once we developed pills, we thought, "Oh, great! We could just pop a pill oh. in their face, and they'll be healed." Um, not true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as I it know. turns out, <laughs> as it turns out, people need uh, need to be able to talk through things. They need other types of practices often somatic practices. So that would be like your body work, whether it's um, yoga, uh, massage, or other types of, right, like really any type of exercise, uh, mindfulness practices, these kinds of practices that can help along with medications, right? right? So we're not 
necessarily replacing medication with meditation. Right. But we we're are saying using both. them together. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a really good book for um, talking about that and specifically talking about trauma. Uh, one of the biggest things I took away from this was this image. There was a gentleman who was in, I want to say the Vietnam War, and uh, Vandercook was working with him had given him these pills to help him with these nightmares that he was having. Uh-huh. And the guy would not take the pill. He came back and and, and Vandercook's like, oh, how, did, how are you doing? He's like, I didn't take it. <laughs> because it was an emotional attachment oh, yeah. to the pain. Yep. He watched so many of his friends die that he felt it would be dishonorable to not feel the pain that he was feeling. Oh, wow. So he didn't want to take that pain away. So in in that case, right, like obviously a pill isn't going to work if you're not going to take yep. it, especially. <laughs> so, so how do you work with people that have that strong of right. an emotional response and traumatic experience in order to help them in a different way, mm-hmm. right? So being, you know, getting present, mindfulness practices can help with that. Yoga Nidra um, is a type of meditation. Um, and this is Swami, I'm going to mess up this name so bad. <laughs> Swami Satyananda Saraswati. Um, so in this book, he talks about the both the practice and science of yoga nidra, which okay. is a both a it mixes mindfulness with body scan, with intention setting, with visualization. Okay. So you start in a yoga nidra practice, which typically is thirty minutes or more. I do have yoga nidra practices on my meditation podcast that I that are like maybe five to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, Cause it, you can, you can narrow it down just by picking certain things. Right. So the idea behind it is that you start with an intention. So I'm setting a goal for my practice and it's usually maybe a, a loftier goal, not just, um, yeah, I want, not something vague. Like I just want to feel better. Cause what does that really mean? Right. Um, and it's usually something around like, maybe I want to show up with more compassion or, um, be open to deeper wisdom in some area. It's something something above material or right. egotistical um, wantings. Um, so you're setting this intention. You are then letting go of that intention and moving into mindfulness. So noticing what you hear, see, all of your senses, Mm -hmm. or you can pick one sense, right, if you want a shorter meditation. And then you're moving into body scan. So when you're, um, so body scan meditation is, as it sounds, you're scanning you're mentally scanning the body. So you're noticing your toes, you're noticing your feet, fingers, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And again, you can shorten that by not going through all the different parts of the body and just picking a few. And then you move into a visualization. So you're visualizing something. Uh, Oftentimes I like to think about 
going way out there so like visualizing that you're in outer space mm-hmm. or like the visualization of the right. door in the woods something like that and then during that visualization you bring back your intention mm-hmm. and then you slowly so you go deeper and deeper inside and then slowly come back out so you come back to your intention and then you navigate away from the visualization back into body a little bit of body scan mindfulness and then you're awake wow and hopefully moving with a, with more energy and he talks in here also about the science behind behind yoga nidra practices uh andrew huberman uh so huberman huberman lab i would recommend him as well he also okay. talks about yoga nidra and meditation and mindfulness so he has several things out there on his on mm-hmm. his website about he's a neuroscientist and uh, stanford so he has several things out there about just how to make our brains and bodies mm-hmm. function better and the science behind that and then of course we have our john kabat zinn full catastrophe living i think this book was um, back in the 90s when he first started working in this space um, and this is using the wisdom of your body and mind to face stress, pain, and illness. So that's what we've been mostly talking about here yeah. is mindfulness. And mindfulness-based stress reduction has the most research behind it. Right. So um, John Kabat-Zinn, Full Catastrophe Living, is another really good resource for looking at how do we do this practice, what are the benefits of the practice, and the science behind all of that. Nice. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Like, is there anything we haven't really covered in your notes? So I do want to share a little bit about the different types of meditation. So I'll touch on, I'll just say very shortly the different types. So we have visualization. Mm -hmm. And with visualization, what's really cool about that, um, in fact, I believe it was, yes, it was Michael Jordan would visualize his games. Nice. It's what made him such a great basketball player because our minds, the neural circuits in our brains don't distinguish between or don't easily distinguish between what we're visualizing and what is actually happening. So when we visualize our day, for example, or maybe we visualize a presentation that we're going to give, um, or we visualize a conversation that we need to have. It is like we are doing the thing. Um, That's why visualization can be so helpful in many sports practices or, um, you know, a lot of athletic, Mm -hmm. a, a lot of athletes use visualization in their, as part of their practice. Um, So visualization meditation, um, we have body scan, which I talked about, vipassana, which is Mm -hmm. the foundation of mindfulness. Um, There's, of course, spiritual uh, meditations, right? You have whatever your spiritual belief system or if you have religious inclinations, you can, that Mm -hmm. is a type of meditation. Yoga Nidra we talked about. And then loving kindness. So loving kindness, there is a um there is a 2012 study that showed that doing loving kindness meditation increases compassion and em- empathy hmm. um 
And what loving kindness meditation is, it's very, very simple. It is you visualize somebody in your life who you love. You extend to them maybe some gratitude. And um, there's different there's different phrases, but they're all pretty generally the same, um, which is, may you be peaceful, may you be happy, may you have joy, may you be loved. You can put anything, any right. positive remark in there, right? It's, may you have a good life. Um, then you let that go. You envision somebody that you have neutral feelings towards, so maybe someone that you don't know very well. Um, I often think your mail carrier, barista, uh, store person, store clerk, uh, bank teller, thing, somebody like that in your life. And again, do the same thing. Extend that loving kindness message to them. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. Then, and this can be more challenging, you envision somebody in your life who is challenging to you. Mm. Um, and I generally like to say, don't pick like the worst person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't pick somebody that you are just, you know, you're not ready to <laughs> go there. Um, uh, pick somebody <laughs> that has you know, maybe there there's just a little an annoying quirk or something. Yeah. Right. Um, so you pick somebody that's maybe a little bit challenging. Maybe it's a coworker that's challenging to work with, or a family member that has some annoying annoying tendencies, whatever that is. Um, and you you extend that same loving kindness to them. And then finally and sometimes you can you can start with yourself. I always like to end with myself because I yeah. think oftentimes we forget about ourselves. And I'll usually bring a little bit of imagery, a little bit of visualization. So I'll ask people to envision that they're standing before a mirror looking at themselves. I like that. And then you're sharing with yourself, may you be peaceful. May I be peaceful. May I be kind. May I be joyful. You know, again, whatever those words are for you. I want to try that today. <laughs> and then I like to also bring it all together, envision the entire world, the universe, however oh, you want to put like it. That. May we, right? So yeah. you, I, we. So I I tweak it a little bit. Um, there's plenty of scripts out there. And of course, I have ones on my... I, oh, yeah. I did an entire series of loving kindness meditations throughout the month of December because you know, we can get so caught up in the busyness of holiday season. And really, we can get so caught up in the busyness of life. But sometimes taking a moment to extend that love to people in our lives and to ourselves, and seeing, attempting to see love all around us can be so energizing to our days. And none of this stuff is, is difficult, but it's also it, it can take time. Yeah. So it is a practice. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm still practicing. I would not well, say that I'm a master meditator. You know what? It's it's kind of like when you're a teacher, you always got to go back and get those credits. So I think it's yes. just 
you know, and, and when you when you bike, you got to go back and ride that bike or you're going to fall off. Just whatever you do, if you don't practice it, you're out of practice. So when you when you meditate, you have to practice. Otherwise, you kind of your body forgets how to do it and you're just not as good at it. And your body has to keep in practice with whatever it does. Mm-hmm. So and I'm sorry, but whatever, if you go in a loud place and you need to, to meditate, you just kind of forget how to, to do it or it's just harder, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, I took a, a meditation training with, um, it was a weekend long training with, uh, this gentleman, Matthew Kimmeth, who's a fellow yoga teacher. Yes. And he, um, so it was this whole long weekend thing in De Pere, I believe it was. And it was so beautiful. And one of the days was it, so we were doing all this work on Friday and then all this work on Saturday. And then Saturday evening, a couple of us went to a bar nearby. And when we went into the place, we're both like, wow. It's so loud in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you guys were probably in a place where so, it was just so chill, yeah, and because you've tuned out all of this yeah. noise. So, I will say, you know, you you can get a little bit more sensitive to the oh, noise yeah. to the noise around you when you when you start practicing these things more intensely. Yeah. But then, to me, it's just like, well, then what does that what does that say about? what we really need we probably yeah. really do need to slow down and right get quiet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. yeah but then you know what i will say though when i go to places like that then i i'm lucky i i can't always remember some of the breathing exercises but the one that i will go to is i believe it's called the box breath mm-hmm. where it's just the four in um hold for four and then let out for four. Because I remember that's just a really easy one. It's, it kind of reminds me. <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. It kind of reminds me of, um, what is it? The one cake where it's like all the ratios are the same. So I'm like, all the ratios are the same. You have four, yes. four, four. So, um, so yeah, I'm just like, well, if I'm ever in a busy place, I can just do the breathing. So it's, you know, I might not be able to visualize, but I can do the breathing. I love so that's that. at least something. I love that. So, and that's so true because breathing, right? You can breathe anywhere and nobody's going to know what right, you're doing. Right. Well, and even if they do, I <laughs> don't care. Do, right, yeah. You know, I just, but at least breathing is one step to do when you can't focus, you can at least breathe. Yeah. So it's at least one tool in your chest that you always have is breathing. So if you can't visualize, you can breathe. <laughs> so that's the one. And the one thing I can always remember is four, four, you know, mm-hmm. all the fours. So so yeah, if that's one thing you guys want to remember is four in, hold for four, four out, hold for four, and then just keep repeating, man. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that, that one I really liked. So And you look at all the positive things that this can theoretically do for a person and, and mm-hmm. really like you said, I mean, it's a practice, but it's not a complex practice. It's not a hard no, practice. It's, it's not a time you know, it's not like a huge investment in anything to do it it's just 10 minutes a day and it can reduce your stress make you you know so many different things like you just have to be ready to give it a try you know i i should mention um there is another type of meditation and it's called Mm -hmm. transcendental meditation it is the only trademarked meditation really 
Um, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want to, <laughs> with me. Um, but you don't have to spend ten thousand dollars for someone to give you a mantra. Um, and a mantra is simply either a phrase that you repeat mm-hmm. over and over again, or nonsense words or sounds that you repeat over and over again. Um, but transcendental meditator uh, meditation is out there. It is highly marketed to the elite, um, and you will hear uh, some people, you know, Hollywood elites, different people talk about transcendental meditation. Right. If you have ten thousand or more dollars to throw at a <laughs> at a meditation guru, go for it. But you don't have to. <laughs> So, and basically all they're doing is creating a mantra for you? Yeah, I'm sure that there's more to it. Um, And because there's money behind it, uh, there is research behind it as well. But I'm always a little, even though, right, there's different thoughts about, you know, whether or not to to turn these things into a business, Um, but there is value to it. So I don't want to diminish that, right? Like there's value to the time that I take to guide people through a practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that way, you can make it a business or not. Um, I weary of business models that are geared toward a very, that are not necessarily accessible to a majority of people. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll be sticking to the cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) We can. uh, Just as good for us, right? (laughs) But like I said, if you want to give me (laughs) $10,000 to guide you through a meditation, no, I'm going to turn it down. (laughs) No. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, thanks for being a guest and everything. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love talking about this stuff, and it's oh so gosh, great that you yeah. guys are are doing the meditation. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're so. so glad to have you on again, and I was so excited to to have you talking about this because, yeah, like I said, we've been we've been going pretty deep on this, and I mean, yeah, Eric. Like Eric said, he's been reading all the books and striking out, so he'll have to take a picture of your yeah. book. So um, we'll we'll see how your books go, but but I had pretty much written off re- re- writing books, and and I can understand it. it's hard to write a book about this because again, it's you more know, the, doing than it, yeah. It did you know meditation is meditation. Yes, there's a certain art to it, but you can only write so much about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. and so. So I have struggled with books, but maybe I just haven't gotten the right book. So we'll yeah. see. And it's hard when you get but, into any field like this. So, but this is one of the things that I've. I mean, like I said, last six months we finally have discovered this, and and it's really kind of opened my eyes to so many things. And and as I've gotten into it, I've realized that I think I was practicing a lot of mindfulness already without mm. even knowing it. Yeah, yeah, but. But it's still, it's just really awesome to put a name to it and to have like a resource that, okay, now I know what this thing is that I know is important. Yeah. So how can I become better at it Mm -hmm. and things like that? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So now if we have any questions, we're just going to be knocking on your door and saying, Jess, help us. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And again, I'm I'm practicing along with everybody else. Yeah. So it, you know, I I still have my my rough my rough days too. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't meditate. To. I don't meditate every day. Hey, we didn't yeah. last night, so yeah. it, it happens. And so. and I think I I think it's important to say that no matter how long anybody does this, you'll never hit a complete one hundred percent zen. Like, no, right. you're <laughs> always gonna have that day. I think that's that's the but thing. Make we, it very clear: we are not here telling you that this is gonna get rid of every piece of stress in your life, exactly. but it is going to yeah. greatly reduce that stress, right. and it's probably gonna change your whole perspective on life uh, because yeah. you're gonna be living and seeing things completely different than yep. you were before. And when you start, it, it might not be easy right away, and but you know, hopefully. Hopefully you can get there one of these days, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so, so yeah, once again, we want to thank Jess for, for joining us and, uh, we'll be back in two weeks. You guys have anything else that you want to add? No, I'm good. Jess. Thank you both so much. Ah, thank thank you. you.